otter AI is probably, it's now my number two favorite AI. And so what I did is I played it Why otter just recorded the entire thing. And then I took that content and I was able to rewrite the entire script. And then I sent that to my video guy. And then he put four modules together that I was able to launch on our website with how syndication works. And so I'm just like, okay, I'm working on a website for you know, this apartment syndication company and they specialize in AI technology. And so this is what they want to talk about. I need a header one. I need a about us paragraph. And I, and I just tell it everything that I need to tell it. And then I hit enter and I get everything I need in seconds. Welcome to the lion's den. The real estate podcast for perspicacious investors who know they have the strength to succeed in the lucrative commercial multifamily industry. Get expert advice on your way to becoming a top performer. I'm your host, Adam Parrish. I have my three co-hosts, Lisa Parrish, Via Mosley, and Donato Callahan. How are you three doing? Great. Good, thanks. Excited. Excited about our guest. Definitely. Absolutely. The obstacle in today's episode. What marketing tactics and tools are most efficient to raise funds for multifamily real estate? And to help discuss this important subject today is a special guest. She is a marketing professional with over a decade of experience in real estate and property management from managing 450 single family homes to currently holding general partnership positions in seven apartment complexes. We are pleased to welcome the founder of Heartwood Marketing Solutions and co-owner of One Vision Capital, Melissa Elizondo. Thanks, guys. Excited to be here. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. And Melissa, what is the word of the day? Okay, the word of the day is authenticity. The definition is authenticity refers to the quality of being genuine, true to oneself, and honest in one's thoughts, feelings, and actions. It's also about being transparent and being sincere and maintaining a strong sense of integrity in both personal and professional relationships. And in the context of marketing, authenticity usually is creating a genuine connection with your audience and building trust through honest communication. And that usually helps with organic growth and long-term uh, success. Beautiful. Word. And for the first question I'm gonna to ask today for Melissa, what is the most effective source you've had for raising funds? I would say 80% of my past investor uh, contacts that have come to me cold, you know, people that I didn't actually know personally, was through Facebook. You would think it'd be LinkedIn, and that's where a lot of people go. And maybe for some people, in fact, for a lot of people, LinkedIn really works for them. And I tried the whole LinkedIn route. I am still active there. But my leads, my investors have come from Facebook. The reason I think that is for me personally is because I am authentic on my Facebook page and on my Instagram. And so I'm not just talking about real estate and marketing. I'm also showing my grandson, talking about my family, um, you know, talking about personal things that are going on in my life. I'm posting reels, which kind of shows my daily uh, or stories, sorry, that, you know, short little clips in the top that disappear after 24 hours. That's just my daily stuff that's going on. And then I have, of course, reels that show me on video. So people are hearing my voice, seeing me. 
They're reading my body language. And a lot of us as humans, when we are interacting with somebody else, seeing somebody's mannerisms really help us identify if that person is trustworthy or not. So you can take a well-crafted selfie and then post some great content around that. But being on video and letting your voice and your thoughts uh, and your genuineness come out is what really connects you to other people. So for me, it's been Facebook and just being who I am in all realms on that platform. And then right behind that for me has been networking, just in-person networking, meeting with people, Mm -hmm. uh, meeting new people and forming relationships there and then staying in contact with them on social media afterwards. Because it's a great tool to stay top of mind with people. You may not see them all the time and they're all over the country in most cases. And so it's a great way to just show up. And and I can't tell you how many calls I get on and they're like, oh yeah, I saw your grandson is doing this or, you know, oh, I saw you moved or whatever the situation is. And and it, it just shows you that people are watching. So I would say Facebook for me. Yeah. I know you mentioned, mentioned like 80% of the leads you get are from social media, right? Absolutely. Um, yep. 80%. And the reason I think is because as, when I was a new syndicator and I had just got into the business, I really made sure I was visible in everything I was doing in this realm. So I started talking about it pretty early on, even though I didn't know what I was doing. And let's be honest, I still don't know what I'm doing half the time. <laughs> but I am <laughs> able to business. Like, yeah, I was able to say. Neither do I. Oh, <laughs> and you have way more experience than me. But I was able to go on there and show uh, property tours. So I would do little videos or photos of properties I was touring. So I showed people, hey, I'm getting into this realm. And it took a year and a month before I did my first deal from when I um, did MFM. And so a year and a month of just for it that long, literally just showing people the journey. And I was going to Fort Worth a lot, which is a five hour drive for me. So I was driving up there for the weekend, looking at properties, coming back. And then when I was underwriting, I would, you know, maybe show a photo of something. I was showing, a, you know, I was taking a picture of my Zooms and stuff with my team. And I was just talking about it. And immediately, some of the low-hanging fruit happened because people would say, oh, uh, personal friends of mine on social media that were also individually wealthy and said, hey, I've been thinking about this apartment thing. Can you Can we go to lunch? Can you tell me about it? And so I was going to lunch and telling them, um, yeah, this is how it works, you know, as much as I knew then. And this is how it works. And, uh, this is what we're hoping to do. These are the kind of returns people generally get. And, you know, and I was honest about what I knew and what I didn't. And I was, I was a little nervous about that at first, because when you're meeting with high net worth individuals, of course, there is a part of you that feels like I'm not worthy of being in the room or having a conversation with this person. And I dealt with the exact same thing. And I hear a lot of new students and and new people into this realm saying the same thing. Like, I don't want to raise capital because I don't know how to ask people for money. I'm like, well, you're not asking them for money. You're you're showing them an opportunity to put their money to work. They will determine if it's a good deal or not. They know what questions they're going to ask that are important to them. Is it the returns? Is it the risk? I mean, it's, it's literally different for everyone. I've had some investors who I thought would invest in a deal, sure thing, because they've invested in other deals with me and they just didn't like a particular deal, but then they invested in the next one with me. And it's the weirdest thing, like they all have different priorities. My job is to just say, here's this one, (laughs) you know, here's what I like about it. 
Um, and if they have concerns, answering those questions. But let me tell you, I, I'm talking to these individuals and not once have they asked me my degree, not once have they asked me my individual wealth, where I live, what car I drive. Like they've never asked me that. And they probably never will because most people only care about themselves. <laughs> and so they're concerned about them and where their money is going. And so really the deal is more important to them and the operating team. So if I could sell the operating team and their experience and how many units they have and whatnot, then it doesn't really matter that I, you know, at that point had no deal. They just wanted the, to get a seat at the table and I was just providing, you know, and I mm -hmm. struggle. I, I, I went around to these conferences and I felt like people, certain people were putting on airs, acting like, oh, I, and I remember there was somebody in particular who had like, I remember when I first asked him how many doors he had, he said like seven or 800, I don't remember. Not knowing that it was similar to me where I have almost a thousand doors myself, but I'm not, I wasn't the one who brought the deal. I'm co-GP. And so I didn't make this huge acquisition fee. I made a percentage of the acquisition fee and a percentage of the GP. And so though I own $101 million and our co-own $101 million in apartment complexes, I've earned a very small portion of that, maybe like 2 or 3% in some deals. And so I just had to be real. I just did not want to fake it. I just wanted to say, here's who I am. And when students came up to me and said, oh my God, you have 100? Yeah. It looks good on paper, but really, you know, I've set myself up for the future because some of these deals aren't going to pay out for a while because of what's going with interest rates and whatnot. So um, I, I'm just authentic and I just show people this is my version of this trip. I have another friend of mine who the one who the very first person who said, hey, I want to get into this. Let's have lunch. He's the one who signed up for MFM and I went with him like he was like, hey, I got this ad for this free thing at lunch. Let's go. So I went and then he's the first one to sign up for the three-day weekend. I was like, you're going to do that? He's like, yeah. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to do it too. And so I was like, "That he's a millionaire. I'm just going to do whatever he's doing, you know? And my uncle, who is my underwriter, leans over and says, how are you going to pay for that? I was like, no idea. <laughs> no idea. It's not how, it's not that I can't, it's how can I, right? I just felt so excited about the opportunity because for me, I was familiar with real estate, obviously, from my past experience, it was just commercial now. And so it was different terms, more commas, more doors. But I was familiar with what was going on with property management. I was familiar with title stuff because I worked in title for a little, little while as well. And so I was like, I can do this business. This could change the trajectory of my entire family. And that first night I went home and I talked to my my daughter who at the time was 17. She'd been struggling with depression and suicidal thoughts for about seven years at that point. And, you know, medication wasn't helping. There was just a bunch of stuff going on. And I could not get that girl to think about the future at all because she just wanted to die so bad. And so I remember going home that night and I was like, baby, there's an opportunity for us to like change our lives and I said so if money was not an option and she has money insecurity is pretty bad but she was like and so I said if money wasn't an option what would you do with your life and she thought and dreamed for the first time in seven years and said I think I want to do effects makeup and I was like girl we ain't gotta be rich for that like <laughs> my friend owns a beauty school like let's get started and so I signed her up for 
cosmetology school like the week next week, you know, and, and got her started in that in that realm. I took her to I took her to Vegas with me last year to Peaks and um now she's, you know, pregnant, gonna have my second grandkid, you know, and so she's living life and I and and for me, I don't care how much money I make. That alone changed everything for me. I didn't know how much we had in common. I'm not going to go on my whole daughter's story either, but she just got an esthetician license and very, very, very similar to what you just said. So it's so cool how people come together and like, you don't know why you click or why you're drawn to someone or why you like their stuff, but I've always felt that way about you. So thank you for sharing that. Like laying my family's drama out there. (laughs) Right. They're not being, you're being authentic. authentic. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, what was the second question? All <laughs> right, is there any more questions? Yeah, yeah, I'll ask Fia a question. What tactics have you used to proliferate the name awareness, AMFers? <laughs> well, you're the one that came up with that. <laughs> and multifamily investments, right? It's funny. I feel like I should just be like, whatever she just said, you know. But um, yeah, well, what happened for me as well is I had been through a lot of hard stuff also, a lot of hard stuff with my daughter for probably since she was 10 as well. And just trying to figure it out, you know, got a realtor license, didn't like that, just trial and error, trial and error, you know. And so once I got into this, I was just like, ready to be bold and to actually learn who I was. I didn't really know. And I turned my camera on and I shared about, you know, my old friend and how I mean he had just gone through bladder cancer and just I feel like this is going to make me cry right now I don't know but you know just sharing very personal things and then I just posted on Facebook you know about how I just went to this thing and then from there I just kept it very personal if you don't know what you're talking about with real estate like like people want to know who you are more than like you sounding smart right so even with brokers, I would talk to them about things I cared about, you know, about teenage kids who had hard lives or about the fact that, you know, I had an opportunity after I met all these younger guys, Donato, Manny, Mowdy, I had an opportunity to, to just watch them. Like, you know, they're coming into like their young 20s and just seeing all their talents and their growth and learning from them and just being so inspired. Like, I just put that all over Facebook, pictures of them, pictures of us all together, talking about my team and their, you know, just hearts and their talent. So, yeah, just very personal um, things relating to the business. And even the logo and the name has a lot of symbolism. We have to go into all that right now. But it, it all means so much to me and people can feel that. So, you know, I didn't know, like, I didn't think, oh, my videos are so awesome, you know. I was just like talking and trying to practice being bold, really. And then people were like, oh, I want even my sister. I was kind of like, what? My sister in Vegas was like, oh, man, you know, your your nieces watch your videos. And I was the most shocked that my family member was watching it. So, so yeah, yeah. I was just that was kind of how, how were, I started. Were you being authentic, Dan? In the videos? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. You didn't use the word authentic. We had several chances. You must have been. You must have been lying, Fia. I'm lying lying because Adam really came up with the AMFers term, and to me, that's actually ten people. Like our team, you know, AM Multifamily Investments has six. AMFers is ten people. It's us and the parish family. So that's a whole. 
I love it. Melissa. Yeah. How have new technologies such as AI improved your marketing capabilities? Oh my gosh. I freaking love AI. You want me to like go down this whole rabbit hole with you? Because I get all excited. Learner. <laughs> yeah. I will tell you, okay, so as a creative, I tend to get writer's block. I don't mean to, but things seem overwhelming when I think about the kind of content I got to put out. I'll see other people's content and I'll think, oh, that's great. Um, in fact, we had done our very first deal with a group out of California called Sterling Rhino, and they had four videos that they put out on how multifamily investing works. And so one of the first things I did before this whole chat GPT thing, this was back in August of last year, I was like, you know what? I want to transcribe their videos and rewrite it for One Vision Capital and put our spin on it. Like we talked about before the camera came on, like you, you think, uh, well, somebody has that. Well, you know, not everybody has access to those people's content. And this is my spin on it, my knowledge and my expertise paired with their content. And so I downloaded Otter AI. Otter AI is probably it's now my number two favorite AI. And so what I did is I played it while Otter just recorded the entire thing. And then I took that content and I was able to rewrite the entire script. And then I sent that to my video guy. And then he put four modules together that I was able to launch on our website with how syndication works. And then of course, in December, ChatGPT came out and it was a game changer. Let me tell you, I was so excited. I was one of the first million users and I was three weeks in, by the way. And just so you have content, uh, context on how fast that kind of growth is of users, it took Instagram nine months to get to a million users. It took Facebook a year and a half to get to a million users. And so ChatGPT did it in 10 days, 10 days. And so I saw it on TikTok or something. And so I went and tried it out and I was like, oh, this is awesome. And so one of the things that I'm able to do is take other people's content and their ideas and feed in my own opinions and my own outlook and ask it to create content for me. I use it for everything. I literally have it write my emails for me. I have it do literally everything. Anything that takes me time, like emails take up a lot of time for me these Zoom calls with our uh, GP teams on all these deals that we're on, I have to take in that information. And then though they send out a, an update via the portal to most of these investors, I like to put my own personal touch on that and email those investors and say, here's what's going on with the property. And so um, I got to do this. I had a bunch of meetings a couple of weeks ago. So I got some clips of, and I think I just posted that on TikTok yesterday, but I just let the, I let the, Zoom meeting happen, Otter AI records it and, tr and summarizes it. I then take that and put it in chat GPT and tell it to write an email to my investors, summarizing what's going on with this property, let them know, da, 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 da. And then it turns out an email. And because I don't want to type as much anymore, because I the one thing with chat GPT, if you haven't used it, is if you put garbage in or you just ask a few questions, you're going to get basic answers back. But if you're able to give it a lot of information, which does require a lot of typing, then it can it can generate some great content. So I learned a couple of weeks ago that if you hit window and H, it turns on your microphone on a Windows computer. And so I just go to chat GPT, click in the box, Windows H, and I speak everything, just like you would speak a text. <laughs> and so I'm just like, okay, I'm working on a website for, you know, this apartment syndication company, and they specialize in AI technology. And so 
this is what they want to talk about. I need a header one. I need a about us paragraph. And I, and I just tell it everything that I need to tell it. And then I hit enter and I get everything I need in seconds. And so things that would have taken me, for instance, with these updated, with these meetings for these updates on these apartments, I would have taken notes as fast as I could. And then I would have to go back and write the email typos and all <laughs> and I would type the email up and try to summarize it in a way that sounded like you know we weren't in a terrible situation but we're also not in a, a positive situation either we're somewhere in the middle you know whatever I'm trying to lessen the blow for some of the stuff going on in the economy and like hey this is what's going on but blah 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 so I just tell it what to write and to address these certain concerns that I have and then it writes these emails for me that would have taken me days sometimes because I'm digesting it, wondering how I'm going to say, tell them this or this or that. Instead, I'm doing it in seconds, seconds. Like it has changed my life. The other thing that happened to me in um, marketing is changing drastically right now because of AI technology. A lot of people are cutting out their marketing agencies, trying to do marketing on their own. And I don't blame them uh, because I kind of did the same thing. What happened was starting last year about seven months ago as right before AI is taken off like all this stuff is starting to kind of come economy is uh you know we got inflation going on budgets are being cut I ended up losing all my retainer clients and I never thought that would happen and I only had about 12 of them but they paid my bills <laughs> and so all of a sudden October 1st I lost my first one by the end of November I had no more monthly clients all I had were one-off projects like building websites and whatnot. I only, for the marketing company, I only had two months of expenses and savings because it's just been a wild ride since COVID. And so we've just been up and down trying to, and we have high payroll and whatnot. My people went off to go get jobs. <laughs> and so I only had a few people left. So we're operating on the skeleton crew and now I got to write content. And so AI helped me for the last seven months manage these pro projects for these clients that I ended up getting, I ended up going viral on TikTok on accident, talking about AI, and it ended up in 24 website jobs in two weeks. And so I'm wrapping up the last five of them this weekend. And so then I think I launched two last week and we just have five more from that original influx of business. By the way, going viral is not a business plan that will crack your infrastructure, especially when you're a three-person team. <laughs> and so AI helped me get through it. Like AI helped me come up with uh, layouts. It helped me come up with content. Uh, it helped me come up with ideas based on who the customer was and who their audience was. It helped me do a lot of research for uh, certain clients where they needed to look at another brand and say, we're in competition with that brand. Here's our spin on it. Now what's our uh, value proposition and stuff. So we were able to really, we were able to do a lot of work with a skeleton crew because of that. And um, it has been a wild ride. In fact, everything I hear about AI, I'm very in tune with it. I'm always trying out new stuff, um, seeing what works, what doesn't work, what's worth it, what's not worth it. I had to teach chat GPT to a couple of uh, classes for real estate agents. I literally had chat GPT just write the class for me. And then I installed this AI plugin in Microsoft or Google Slides. And I inputted the agenda and it totally did all the slides and the photos for me. Like it would have taken me days, if not hours, to do a presentation on that. And I did it in minutes. And all I did was just move some stuff around and it was done. And I did it the night before the event. So I just, I'm telling you, it's just 
It's a game changer, and I'm nerding out on it. I love it. Um, but ChatGPT is my favorite. Yeah. I've been taking well, notes, too. Okay. And I'm like, I don't usually write during this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, ChatGPT is my number one favorite. It's not live, though, so it doesn't know anything past 2021. Bard got released a few months ago, which is Google's version of AI. It is live, and you can uh, request access to it now. I, uh, You have to use a personal Gmail account to do it. I won't let you do a professional one. But you can get in and test it, ask it market research. It knows what's going on right now. That That is a great tool for you if you're going to be blogging, which you should if you have a website just for SEO. That hasn't gone away yet. And so writing blogs, writing content. You know, if you know of something that's happening in the world and you want to tie it in, you can do that. Uh, I'll tell you, I used it the other day. I have a few new students we brought into the team and I said, well, I need bios for you. And they're like, oh, I don't have one. And they don't really have experience in the real estate realm. I said, just give me your list of jobs that you've had and I'll write it. So they they did. I took it and I put it into ChatGPT and I said, take their background, tie it into why they're going to be a great asset for a multifamily syndication company. And that's their bio. And in seconds, it did that and I loaded it up. And so it's just great for, it's like having a virtual assistant on steroids or Google on steroids that isn't going to give you just a bunch of links that you still have to go do research for. Just give me the answer. Just tell me what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, I've used it even in uh, underwriting when I'm trying to figure out something. I'm like, what, what, how, what's going on with the DSCR? Here's the information. What do you think? Da, da, da. What's the cap rate over here? Like, I'm just asking it questions and it's helping me kind of those little things that I just don't know still, you know. What, I wish that that was around when I was in high school. You know, when oh, you man. had to write a paper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nobody needs to write an essay anymore. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It definitely has its uh, pros and its cons, right? Like, it, you know, I keep telling people, use it for good, not evil. <laughs> but, right. but I have told a college girl about it, and she thanked me the other day because she's been able to get her papers written. <laughs> and so I was like, I'm glad you're passing, you know, but I'm also a believer that you're going to learn what you need to learn in the real world, you know. Everything you really do is, still yeah. have to lead it and find the sources and authenticate it. Absolutely. Yeah. It's really just to help with the, all those little tedious things like, what am I going to write about? You know? And so you yeah. can say, hey, I need to write a blog. Here's what I do. I'm kind of leaning towards this. Can you give me five blog ideas? And maybe you like one and you like 90% of that one. Then you can say, okay, I want to write a blog on that topic. And here's kind of my thoughts around it. What are some other things that we can add to it? And then I'll do that. I, I actually talked to a team the other day and they're going to use it to write their ebook, um, just their lead generator. And it's actually going to be about using AI as a business owner to attract high net worth entrepreneurs. And so, I, you know, it was a great way to kind of tie that in, I thought. So AI is going nowhere. It's going to work. We're in the what's called the AI revolution. In fact, everything I'm hearing is that like two years from now, we're going to say, hey, remember when we did that manually and we wrote our emails Gosh. with our fingers? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I'm excited. That has been a huge game changer. And I am completely transparent and authentic when I talk to my clients that I'm using it. And so I had a client come to me and say, um, I'm also a story brand certified guide. And so one of the things that we do is we help people do their marketing uh, with the story brand framework. And all that really means is that in a good story, you have a hero and you have 
a villain, but you also have a problem that that hero is needing to solve. Every good movie, every good book has this. The hero almost always has a guide that comes along. So like in Star Wars, your hero is Luke Skywalker, but he is the weakest character in the entire movie until the end, until the last 10 minutes, right? But then you have your Jedis like Yoda and Obi-Wan who come in. They're the guide who's been there and done that. And they show the hero how to win the day and get over the problems. So the story brand method is in my marketing, I'm saying that I'm the guide. I'm not the hero. I'm never the hero because that is the weakest link. I'm, I'm the guide. I've been there, done that. And I'm helping my customer, my investor, and my client. They're the hero. And I need to help them win the day. So that means that I need to address the problems that they have and the solutions that I can give them to get to success. So in this realm of multifamily syndication, that's inflation is a problem. My money sitting there and losing value is a problem. The stock markets are a problem. Crypto is a problem. And so where is your money? How's it doing? Oh, here's a solution, a possible solution for you, uh, real estate investing. And this is how it looks. And so I'm going to give you a step-by-step guide on how to do this. And so I've taken that information and I've been able to because it knows story brand framework. I'm literally like taking a client. I don't even know where I started with this question. But anyway, I'm taking clients through this framework and I'm saying, oh, you got stuck on that one piece. Let's go to chat GPT and ask that, you know, what's your value proposition or what's your one, two, three steps? Even though there's 27 steps into investing in apartment syndication, I need to tell the client it's as easy as one, two, three. And so I'm just using the tools to help me do the job I was already doing manually quicker you know so writer's block gone if you're like oh i need you to write a bunch of content cool i'm good with that now i was not before <laughs> you know it's awesome sir callahan what does the marketing side of your illustrious business right investor look like multifaceted and uh, we do use ai as well um, there's an ai platform out there called designer with two r's uh we just used it to i think in like Two or three hours, I wrote a 132 page ebook on market research. And, you know, it, the language is a little repetitive. So I had to go in and I curated it and trimmed it down and fixed it. But now we're using that as a new lead gen source coming out here pretty soon uh, to talk about market research and things you should do and tools you should leverage. Uh, we use AI in helping write emails and uh, creating content as well. It's just so much more useful. Uh, building email templates for how we're going to you know, get them out to our customers. So it helps a lot. But overall, our marketing strategy involves social media. So putting out consistent content and doing things that, one, we're releasing new content now that shows our platform actually being used. So how people can use it to do their market research and get those answers to questions like, where are the good areas to buy? Where should I not be buying? And also releasing a new line of content or posts about who we are. So releasing more things about who are the people behind Bright Investor? What's our story? Where did we come from? And communicating that authenticity uh, to our clients. Uh, in addition to that, we do um, podcasts, podcast reach out just like this one. You know, Lions Den Multifamily, fantastic. Uh, I think our box is behind you, the left-hand side of you, <laughs> Godfather. Yes, sir. Podcasts, and then also affiliate marketing. Uh, and I'm also happy to announce that Bright Investor is actually going to be a sponsor at the Limitless Conference in Phoenix, uh, June 15th and June 17th. Nice. It's uh, pretty exciting. So we'll be there. Uh, we're going to have a booth and uh, 
will be right up there attached to win and you know, Robert Kiyosaki and Brandon Turner and having a booth and so all that kind of stuff comes together for how we do our marketing. That's awesome. That's true. So definitely have to go right. now. Congratulations. Yeah, no, I am going. Yeah, yeah I was just thinking that. I wrote it down. <laughs> Adam, Adam, maybe we should talk about instead of yeah. Charlotte. And also, speaking of marketing Bright Investor, Bright Investor visualizes data trusted by thousands of investors who want to know what's happening in real estate markets. Proven data from trusted sources such as Adam Data, Rentometer, Crimometer, Mash Visor, U.S. Census Bureau, and more. Don't be a dim investor. Left in the dark, struggling to navigate the tumultuous landscape of multifamily real estate without the proper apparatus of market due diligence. Become the bright, market-savvy investor you're destined to be today with Bright Investor and use code A&E for 10% off at checkout. Thanks, Godfather. And truly, you know, we find that a lot of people in the, a lot of our clients so far are multifamily investors. Uh, people who are coming into real estate groups and coaching groups and or people who are on the single family side who are looking to get started and they've already made the commitment to you know, purchase uh, access to education because they know it will scale their careers much faster. So they're finding this tool and you know, just this week, we dropped four new features on Bright Investor. Uh, we have Alex. about four more coming in the next two weeks. Uh, you know, things like being able to download rentometer reports, being able to see... Eventually, you know, sneak peek stuff, you know, like Airbnb occupancy trends and live listings, being able to see a lot of really cool stuff coming to the platform. We keep adding more and more directly from feedback from people who they need to know these things because there's just no way to get it in a time effective manner. So if you're using AI to save time wrecking content and you don't want to, you know, waste hours of your life trying to find this information, but you know, or a bunch of money. Yeah, or you don't want to spend yeah, totally. $1,000, $3,000, a month trying to get access to data. You already know that there are better ways to do things. And that better way to do things is through Bright Investor. It just makes so much sense. And that's why we built this platform. We're really excited to be able to, to share with people and let people know there's a new, you know, new way to do this thing. We're happy to help people achieve their real estate goals. And Melissa, I have read StoryBrand. I love StoryBrand. Oh, it is such awesome. a good book. Uh, it's a great book. That example you pulled, you know, I remember reading that pulled right from the chapter one. Yep, it yep. makes so much sense because everybody has a goal. Everybody has a journey. And it's not just I'm succeeding so I get this. I'm also succeeding so I don't do this. So I don't have that, you know, um, what am I trying to avoid? Failure, what am I trying yeah. To gain? yeah. It matters so much. You know, nobody wants to buy a property in a war zone. Nobody, if, I, if I'm in Southern California and everything is a million dollar plus, I want to get real estate investing. I can't do that here. I need to buy somewhere else. How do I know I'm buying the right area? Where What's appreciating well? You know, if I buy over here, will I make money or will I not? What's the crime look like? All these questions that have plagued real estate investors for years. And the only way to get it was knowing the right person or going to the down in the county and pulling the right record or knowing the right website or paying tons of money is not an effective solution. Now yeah. there is one. And so marketing, when it comes to how we do marketing brand investors, honestly speaking to people like yourself and just getting on platforms like this and telling people, hey, it's here. The game has changed. You can succeed. You can do it. We want to help you do it. That's awesome. I'm excited. I'm I'm like, all right, let's end this so I can get on. Right. Not everybody gets to have Donato work with them. So you might as well purchase that and you know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Check it out. It's really cool. Thanks, Scott Father. 
problem. <laughs> Lisa, how did marketing affect yes, your business? So when we got started in the business, you know, back in the olden days, there was not social media or really even smartphones. So wait, that really ages me. Um, so it was very different than it is today. So if you wanted to network with people, we had to go to live events. And I mean, I know a lot of people do that now, but that was the only option really that we had. And honestly, I still prefer that today. You know, like Melissa was talking about being able to get that face to face. Um, I do believe, though, that we would have reached we we would have reached success easier and faster had we taken advantage of some of the technology. I think a mistake that new business owners make is that they want to use technology instead of face to face networking. And I personally think that that's a fatal mistake. And especially in the multifamily business, maybe not in all businesses, but. This podcast is geared toward multifamily, you know, the multifamily business. And technology basically make, makes it, made it so that you can reach more people more time efficiently. Um, and it, you know, why not do things the easier way? So in my opinion, you still have to know how to sell to have success, though. So you have to be able to sell yourself more than anything. You have to be able to convince people that you're trustworthy, that you have integrity and authenticity. And, and then you must actually be trustworthy and must actually have integrity and be authentic, not just, you know, convince people. Um, and don't miss the importance of face-to-face -face meetings. I mean, face-to-face -face networking and selling yourself, showing your passion and drive for whatever you're selling. You can do that through AI, but to get face-to-face, -face, you can, I mean, if you really, have you ever been in one of those, you know, maybe a sales pitch, but you get goosebumps when the person's talking about whatever it is that they're, you know, selling? To me, that's not selling. That's showing your authenticity. That's showing your excitement about something. That, to me, is how you sell. Um, most of the time, you're selling yourself again. Uh, people people will are more likely to buy from you or want to work with you if they like you and they feel you know that, that feeling from you. Um, raising more money is more about gaining trust and building rapport with the investor. It has little to do with the deal or the opportunity you're presenting. And I know Melissa, you kind of you know had a different opinion, but you know I am also a, I I am a passive investor as well. And for me, it's about the and you talked about the operators. It's about the operators. It's about the people. Um, the deal comes second to me um, because there's plenty of good deals out there that I would not invest in because of the people. And then there are some deals where the person or the people, the operators are so amazing that I don't actually even care about the deal. But that's just me, you know, personally. But that yeah, took you, time, um, right? If you that can already time. tell you you're right, how you authentic did. someone is, then you, you skip all the other questions like, all right, cool. I, I can already trust this person. I like them. Now, how's the deal? Yeah. yeah that usually yeah, doesn't happen on the first meeting. Right. 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 True. Yeah. Yeah. You got to prove yourself to those people. I mean, like, right. those so, the parishes, first time we met them, it was like, okay. We're a group of young students, but you've never seen that before, trying to show you guys that you should work with right. us. Right. I mean, and you guys were just first... another group of students that wanted us to sponsor. And so it took right. several meetings where they tell us, okay, this is this is wrong. Sorry. Let's go away. You know, here's a dog bone. Go that way. Okay, this is fine. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's, true. You know, it's reality. It's, it's true. It's true. And so we had to keep coming back and like dropping the stick back at their leg, like, okay, we did it. And then getting and they were like, man, back. these people just won't leave us alone. We brought Happy we dog. <laughs> yeah. lot is so but, funny. You know, you have to sell yourself before trying to sell a product. I think that's a yeah. big mistake that people do in sales is they're, they're, they think it's about the product. 
and, and it is about the product in certain circumstances, but it's about yourself first. So people are turned off by sales and salesy people just in general. You know, you're trying to sell a house. Most most houses don't need you to go, well, here's the kitchen. You know, you 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 there's a way that you sell yourself and then they trust you and then they will listen to your opinion. So I believe technology is great for creating leads and solidifying or, you know, giving merit to your brand. That combined with that combined with selling yourself will give you results you're looking for. And once you start to prove yourself, like in multifamily real estate, once you start actually paying investors those returns that you projected or even more, then you'll have proven track record. When you add the proven track record, like Donato was just saying that, when you add that proven track record and add that to the tech marketing and and the face to face and you know people trusting you, that's when you you know you have that formula of true success. Um, it takes some time, obviously, to have the real track record because, you know, people will say like Melissa was talking about, people will say that they have a thousand units, but are you a general partner? Are you actually making decisions? How you know much involved are you? Because there's a lot of people who are just limited partners, just passive investor and call that part of their portfolio. That is not being authentic. And we never did that. Can I tell a quick story? Yeah. Um. So quick. I think it's kind of a funny story. So we were never good at getting ourselves out there on social media, even once social media did, you know, started to become around because we had been, we had started with just the face-to-face stuff. So we just never went backwards. Um, so we weren't really getting ourselves out there on social media. Didn't even really have a website until a few years ago. I'm kind of embarrassed to say, but, um, but we still became successful, but probably, probably would have gotten further earlier had we hired someone to do this for us. So we were mainly focusing on face-to-face broker relationships. That's where our real success came from. We were making, you know, my husband and I were really good at going out with people, having cocktails. We we would have, you know, such a great time. We became friends with our brokers and they bent over backwards to get a, to help us get deals because they knew that we would close and they knew that we were easy to work with. So we sold ourselves and that that's how we did it with selling ourselves. Could we have also used social media and all that stuff to get there faster? Like I said, yes, I think so. But who needed a website and social media when we were, you know, already successful in what we were doing? So we have a property manager named Nanette. I think, you know, um, probably most of our, um, most people, most of the listeners with MFM know Nanette because she was at Peak Partnership. Um, She'd worked for us for probably close to two years when she told me that she wanted to actually buy her own property. And I believe what what happened was she asked me for our partner Danny's number so that she could so that she could ask him questions about buying properties and get some of his advice and mentoring from from him because he has a lot of properties and he's been doing it for so long is what she told me. Um, see, Greg and I don't go around telling people what we own, and I don't think she thought we had been doing this for very long. But I said, well, what about me? And you know, little did Nanette know about four years ago, I was a coach for Dave Lindell and Danny was actually one of my students. So I told Nanette, do you realize that Danny was actually my student a few years ago? And Greg and I have been in this business since 2007. And she was really surprised and embarrassed, but I was embarrassed because we really didn't tell her everything. So I, I don't think that, you know, she was surprised because she didn't think that we knew what we were doing, but you can, you can ask her that yourself. But <laughs> But she told me when when um, she started working for us a couple of years prior, she looked up GLP Investments and I don't like I said I don't even think we had a website at the time. So except for the MFM group, which you know only started a couple you know two or three years ago, I was not even on social media either. I mean I was on Facebook personally, but I never 
posted anything. I, and so in fact, I still don't. I don't post, you know, what we have or anything like that. So my point is, is that one, it is possible to be successful without online marketing, but you'll work a lot harder and success will likely take a lot longer. So when I do things the easy way, and if you aren't good at it, hire someone to do it. That's what we should have done. Hire someone to do it for you or partner with someone who's good at it. And then two, the perception of how you look online will eventually translate to reality because Danny is now as successful as he appeared to be on social media a couple of years ago. It, it really, it caught up to him and now he's, he's killing it. So I, I, I really think that too. that was it. Yeah, but <laughs> I know, right? I know. <laughs> I mean, think about like when we went to Peak Partnership, how many times did you hear, and I'm sure Melissa and Fia, both, and Donato and Adam, all of you guys, because you're all really big on social media. Um, how many, how many, often did you hear, oh, I feel like I already know you, even though they hadn't met you yet? But especially MSN and that site has really helped all of us be able to communicate with each other, network with each other. And then, you know, once a year we see each other at Peak Partnership or even ultimate partnering mm-hmm. and we all know each other and it's like a, just a reunion even though you haven't met half those people sometimes i actually was thinking have i met you before besides yeah. facebook yeah actually I we'll I was... <laughs> that's funny i like um each other through the metaverse soon oh gosh no don't uh, no i i liked that about you though when we went to your house and i was talking to your good friends and i was like you guys really have no idea how big she is in this business do you and they were like she doesn't tell us anything i don't like talking about people like that like oh you know i hang out with people who have millions of dollars it's like what who are they you know what i mean that's great if people are making money and like melissa said earlier you know this guy was going to do the coaching program so you're following somebody's footsteps but that's not why you're not hanging out with him because he has all this money and i hear people talk like that and i just don't that's not authenticity but to the old school and the new school one thing i think people could really improve on because a lot of our meetings are through zoom um is not multitasking like when you're in a meeting look at the camera talk to people like you're there and in every meeting i'm in whether it's you know with a team or an individual or you know or me coming to melissa and saying hey i just want to hear what you have to say about marketing if i was sitting there like typing the whole time i i don't know about other people but that doesn't feel authentic that doesn't feel like they're making good use of my time personally It's like, in a sense, we forget about common courtesy, saying, hello, how are you greeting people? You know, and we have a pretty big group of people. And sometimes I feel like, you know, it will make all the difference in your morale of your team or if you're meeting a broker on Zoom or whatever, looking people in the eye and and being old school, we'll just call it, which is really just kind of having courtesy and caring, you know. I think that's one area that we could really improve in. And it's totally different for all generations. I mean, the reason I think about this is because like Lisa, I grew up with my dad doing business face to face. I was dragged around, had to watch him talk to all his clients. Sometimes it was so boring. I was 12 years old, you know, but you learn from that, you know, whereas my kids may not you know my daughter's 23 she may not see the importance of getting on an online meeting and just looking at people you know let me add to that um what both of you are saying when I went to UP my favorite thing about the networking and I told you before the camera came on that was my favorite networking event by far so far and it was because 
nobody talked about what they owned. Not one person pitched a deal unless they were asked directly if they had a deal. Like, and it was usually after they knew somebody and they'd already been in that room with them several times. Like, oh, what are you working on right now? That's all that was. It wasn't a, hey, do you got a deal for me to put my money in? Or, hey, I got a deal for you to put your money in. And I've seen that mistake a lot, a lot, Mm -hmm. a lot with new students going just every conversation being about a deal, especially when they're in the middle of fundraising and are raising capital. They're really like, that's all they talk about. No, successful people don't like that. We, we, get really, we get really sick of always being pitched and it's just another person coming up and trying to pitch to us. And the reason I never told my friends and these are the people you met are like my high school friends no. that I'm still friends with now 30 something years later, but I don't want them to think of me differently. So I'm not, you know, and, and I don't feel like I am different. So what, why do they care how much money I have or what success that I've had? The only time that I talk about it is when I think it's beneficial or helpful to the person. So if it's a student and I'm going to talk about it, not to brag, but because I want to show like, this is what's possible. And what, what I talk about more than anything than my success is all of my failures, all of my stupid things that I've done, all my mistakes, all those things that, I mean, how often do I talk about that? And here's another thing I did wrong it, because I want to show people, you you know, you can still be successful and make a bunch of mistakes, but it's definitely a lot easier if you, you know, I've already figured out a lot of the stuff and a lot of us have. So listen to the things not to do and then go down this path the easiest possible way and you'll get there faster. Yeah, I love that about I'm you. I'm sure we we wouldn't be on our second deal with you either if I was texting you all about business, you know, because we're almost the same age It it in the same way that Adam and Donato are a very similar age. They've built their own friendship. You know, we've built our own friendship, but like like even, you know, I it was a John Maxwell book saying like more when you take care of your responsibility, then more is given to you. So like on the first deal, the doors weren't just wide open for us to know every single little thing going on on the deal. You know, we had to earn that trust. But at the same time, I wanted to know you as a friend, you know, and at at our age, you know, social life and work and your kids are older, sometimes just aren't there. So like, and same with Melissa, you know, I've always kind of felt like, oh, I bet she would be a really cool friend. And here we sure. are two years <laughs> later, you know, Adam not a friendship or two years, one year. I don't I lost track of time. It'll be two <laughs> years sometime. But, you know, because we weren't talking about that, like, oh, well, how can we get them into the next deal or whatever? We were just trying to, like, you know, learn and do it. So, yeah. Yeah. I went to um, twice. MFM has come back through San Antonio and had students. So I've gone to speak and. Uh, I'll I'll step outside the room and give them the real information. Like, here's the deal. This takes work. This is a business. What you put in is what you get out. I was super frustrated six months in when I wasn't doing a deal yet. And, you know, Amanda Dearborn kicked me in the butt and said, you're not underwriting enough. And I'm like, what? I feel like I'm doing so much, you know, but she, she held me accountable and, and we eventually, you know, just kind of switched gears and went into capital raising for deals instead which I don't regret either path. I think both of them were very important, the whole underwriting, and we still do that, looking for our first deal. And then, of course, you know, still capital raising for other deals. But I would say that this authentic, like how we're acting right now and at UP, for me, that was key insight on how 
people like you, Lisa, are how you talk and how y'all interact with each other. And I just kind of was like a fly on the wall, just observing like, okay, I see it. Like, I'm very aware of the fact that people don't want to be pitched to. They don't want to talk about business all the time. You do business with people that you like and you trust and you know. And the only way that you can do that is to ask questions about them. Tell me about your family. Tell me about your kids, your grandkids, how's work. You know, what what are you stressing out about these days? And then trying well, to serve where you can serve. That has nothing to do with multifamily. Right. With everything. Like, and that's what you're doing when you're sharing this journey of here's all the mistakes I made. And I do the same thing. Like I'm, I was doing it this morning. I have a, one of my subcontractors is going to go off on his own and do his own business. And I'm like, cool, here's what you need to do. Here's the mistakes I made being a, a solopreneur like you are. Um, here's how I lost clients. You know, like, don't make these mistakes. <laughs> like, I want you to have success. That's so valuable too. So, so valuable. But I think, you know, besides just meeting somebody and asking questions, spending time with people, it takes time. To get time. to know somebody and it takes time so it's not something it's not something that you you know really could even do on just one particular meeting so yeah. that's why i think when you're doing a three-day event go to the networking events that are after hours sit and have a drink or you know or a meal or whatever with the people that you want to get to know and actually have a conversation that you know you're always gonna for us even on our because we we're so into real estate everything always ends up, we end up talking about real estate because it's just, you know, it naturally happens. It organically happens, but you don't want it to, you don't want to make that like the main thing that you're talking about and let make it look like that's that you're only there because you want something. Because as soon as, you know, a successful person or a sponsor, if you're looking, talking to a sponsor, as soon as they get wind of you're there just because you want something, it's going to turn them off and they're not going to want to be there anymore. And they've got plenty of people who want something from them. There's not a lot of sponsors and there's a lot of people looking for sponsors. So yeah, we don't want to be sure. like as human beings, we don't want to be used and we don't want to yeah. be, and that's how it feels. It come across, it comes across and, Oh, you're just using me to get ahead for yourself yeah. instead of this genuine connection. We're going to do right. something together, build a business together. And you can t like that mindset has got to switch for some of these people. And uh, hopefully they hear this and it does. <laughs> so. Okay. I agree. Well, we're running out of time. Oh, sorry. Well, we never talked to him. We did. <laughs> Moving on to the commercial multifamily Lions Den Trivia Talk. Yeah. <laughs> Radon gas is a colorless, odorless, and tasteless radioactive gas that is produced by the decay of uranium and thorium in soil, rock, and water. It is a natural element that is present in varying concentrations throughout the Earth's crust. Radon gas can enter buildings and it can accumulate to high levels in enclosed spaces such as homes, schools, and offices. According to the Environmental Protection Agency, radon is the second leading cause of lung cancer in the U.S., about what ratio of homes in the United States have elevated levels of radon gas? 46. I just throw numbers out. Wow. <laughs> I hope I'm not. Like, I'm you're right. Chad. But since I answered, I'll go look why y'all come up with it. Guess, <laughs> I guess 3%. That's more than that. What did you say? 3%? 3%. Three. I know I wrote a paper on this in college. Oh, certain areas that are definitely higher concentration because I know LinkedIn, um, 
North Carolina, we bought property there and they said that in that particular area, it was most, most properties. I'm gonna, 10%. I'm going to say seven. It's got to be more than that. I'm going to say, can I change my answer? I have no idea. 27%. You could be right. You'll be the right one. This happens all the time with your high answer. The answer is 6.6%. One in 15. Wow. I never get that right. At least I'm far off. Are you going to cut this out because I got it right, Adam? Did you say 6%? I said 7. Yeah, it seemed closer. Yeah. Good job. I'm glad, Melissa, I'm glad you're not writing that one because that's a lot. I know. True. I was like, that's killing. That's killing not good news. Yeah, that would not be good news. According to a report by the National Multifamily Housing Council, what percentage of renters say that a strong online presence is important when looking for an apartment? Ooh, I want to know this answer. I'm going to guess 55%. 55, okay. yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll bump it to 65%. I would say 65%. Seven, Anybody else? I'm going to guess, but I want Fia to go first. So 65, uh, I'll, 70. Listen, they're all in my age group. They might not care. No, I'm just kidding. I'm going to say some retarded number, like 89%. <laughs> right, I was thinking might that be too, but I'll go on the might be right. It's high. I, I want to know the answer though, because this is a, a conversation I've had with some of the GP teams on some deals I'm on, so... Okay. The answer is 94%. Wow, Melissa. I was going to say 97, then I was like, hey, let me go into the 80s. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's wild. I so. say the importance. I'm probably one of the few that doesn't really look that much, but I would think people would. Listen, yeah. I've been in yeah. meetings and I'm like, what's your marketing? And they're, you know, they always pay for the big package with apartments.com. And then they, you know, they have their templates for the uh, websites. But then I'm like, where are you at on social media? Because I will tell you, I have rented apartments because uh, uh, recently, even because of Instagram, because of Facebook. And so I algorithm algorithm knew I was looking and fed me some stuff. And then I was like, oh, where's this at? I want to live there. And it was an apartment complex. This one I wanted to move into, I decided not to. I got this two-bedroom instead. But this one bougie Class A property that I really wanted to move into, on the outside of the property, it did not look great at all. And I drove by it every every day. Every day did not know the amenities it had until uh, their their manager put a reel together and was showing the amenities. And I was like, it's like a hotel up in there. Let's go. And so I, I scheduled a tour like the next day. So I, I knew it was nice. important. But a lot of these operators are not Facebook savvy. is huge. Like anytime we're struggling renting something. Because what I love about Facebook is, you know, on Marketplace, you can boost it on Marketplace and pay a little bit of money, but it's temporary. So you're not stuck in a contract like apartments.com. If you need to lease up and you need to boost your, your apartments.com ad, most of the time they don't let you out of it. They might do maybe a three-month route, but you're kind of stuck and it's expensive. So I love mm-hmm. Facebook, and but it, it's different in different markets. I've found like in some markets, it's crazy the kind of leads that we get. Tons of leads, depends on what your demographics are. And then there's others, other markets where it doesn't really work so well. You kind of have to best, know your market. The so best source of referrals for a lot of the businesses I work with is all those mom groups. Like every town has them. We have a huge mom group here and they are instrumental in people selling out with like at the beauty salon that I do marketing for like anytime the students had openings I'd be like hey the students have openings and and they'd be booked for three weeks out just off one post 
Final question. The personal savings rate is the percentage of people's disposable income they decide to save. It is often used either to provide funds to capital markets or to invest in real assets. According to fred.stlouisfed.org, the highest U.S. personal savings rate in history was 33.7%, which occurred in April 2020 during the COVID-19 pandemic. What is the national personal savings rate as of February 2023? 13%. I was saying it's got to be less. Yeah. One, zero, zero. No, I'm just kidding. 13. Was 33. He's saying 13. Okay, 13. Um, six. I'm saying 9.5. I'm saying 17. <laughs> just trying to cut it in half. That's not half, is it? Oh, yeah, it is. The answer is 4.6%. I am not surprised. I'm really not surprised. Or did somebody go lower than me? No, you were the lowest. Oh, yeah. I think you were the lowest. Yeah. I was going to say three, but I thought that would be too weird. So, oh, you know, a lot of people are pulling out money and holding cash, though, because they don't trust the bank. So it doesn't necessarily mean people aren't saving. It's just not in banks where you can count it. Well, there's a lot of mattress money and, you know, Gold gold bars. Or I literally know money, people. But seriously, I, yeah, or there are a lot of people gold, save money now. And me, yeah, me too. And gold and silver is another one too. People are putting tra- transferring their money into gold and silver because you know banks. Mm-hmm. It's also not liquid though, so if something happens, then more difficult to like four point six isn't very good. Yeah, but with inflation and people's um, you know rate of pay not going up. Um, I can see yeah. why they've used it, you know. I did too. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I, too. I try not to think about it when I go shopping because I don't want to have that my that like scarcity mindset. But you know, you go through and you're like, like I was at the cheap grocery store and hairspray that was like two bucks was like seven dollars. I was like, not gonna say anything, not gonna say anything. <laughs> no. Just it'll oh, pass. Yeah. 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 We're just trying to make it good questions. All right. That was awesome. Adam, you want to ask if there's any final... You look like you're ready to pass out. It must be really hot. <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah, I'm sweating in here. We can't we work on that. Okay. <laughs> just having a good time. <laughs> Close us out. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the commercial multifamily Lion's Den podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, make sure to leave us a like, subscribe, and share with anyone you think can gain value from today's episode. What obstacles are you facing? Let us know in the comment section below and we'll get to it in a future episode. If you're interested in passively investing with us, you can go to am-multifamily.com or you can email Fia at am-multifamily.com. Those links will be in the show description along with the Lion's Den Facebook page and website. Thank you and have a roaring day. Yeah. (laughs)